All right, we're live. We're back at last after a couple of days' absence. I kind of didn't want to be posting all over social media like all these new podcasts. Everything. I didn't want to be annoying people either. But um, no, back today. No warm up as usual. Going in raw as always because I know I find that if I kept going in with no kind of if I kind of edit everything and kind of give myself this false impersonation of who I really am. You know, I'd rather, rather people realize who I really am and not this kind of fake kind of imagery. But today I'm um, going to talk about meditation. I, I Essentially, it's a topic I want to talk about and familiarize myself for a long time, but I didn't want to get into it too much because it's a fairly expansive subject. But if you look back at the start of my first page, you can see that, or not my first, my second page, you can see that I've, I've touched up on it before. I didn't really write a whole lot on it because on Instagram doesn't really let you write a whole lot. But other than that, I have touched on it before. But I'm going to go into the whole science behind it and the whole why I do it and everything today. But as well, apart from me trying to tell you why I do it and why you should do it and what I've got from it and what the science has said about it, like there's a study that Tim Ferriss said that in one of his interviews that 80% or over 80% of performers that he interviewed had like some sort of meditative practice. And like, I don't know, I always thought, when I was younger, I always thought meditation, meditation was kind of, you know, I never really gave it much thought aside from something that like monk, like Buddhist monks or hippies did like singing and like did like noise like hmm and all that kind of like what I don't know. I didn't really like, think much of it, but it was only as I got older into my late teens and early twenties and that I discovered meditation for myself. And like, since it's becoming more noticed and popular, I've looked into the science that backs up the limitless advantages of meditation. And like these include reducing stress, reducing high blood pressure, improving your immune system, uh, decreasing anxiety and depression, improves pain tolerance and concentration and improves your age-related cognitive, cognitive disease, so many more. Like, just, for example, like, somebody who's, like, really hyper and struggles to concentrate, like, that would be, like, that is me. I am very, I can be hyper once I get going, but meditation, like, it changes, like, the way your brain functions on a day-to-day basis. So, like, even if you listen to this and don't meditate, I'm not telling you to med- not meditate, but I'm just kind of getting my point across. But hopefully, you can get more of an understanding of why people do it. But it is, in my opinion, worth trying and worth doing. Like, it's like, what can I compare it to? It's like, um, it's like going to the gym, for example. Like, for instance, you can't go just once and expect to see significant progressions instantly. Likewise, you can't go for a week and expect to get results. It's something you do over a period of weeks period of months or even period of years like that eventually you achieve these marginal gains they're better known as doing the one percent better which i kind of always talk about but before you know it like when you meditate for like two or three months even like six months like you realize that you've come such a long way from where you once started but now i'm just going to get into the science part like of the brain regions and everybody like let's start off with something known as a flow state so essentially flow state like we I'll go through this flow state or this form of effortless concentration while maintaining a maximum performance. Like an example of this would be if you're, say, competing in sports or playing a video game or playing an instrument or anything you find yourself being immersed in. It's like essentially being in the zone or being in the moment. But a state where your body and mind is challenged and you're working towards a goal, like when you're sufficiently challenged, you lose yourself in the objective at hand and time seems to like fly by and you could be enjoying yourself. You really feel good and you could possibly be rewarding. But like I, I like anything, like you also 
lose any sort of external extraction and you're just being immersed in the tasks where there's an output of a high focus and high performance. So essentially it's been shown that people who meditate get into this flow state much easier. And if you are an experienced meditator, you achieve this much quicker than people who don't. And you are also less prone to zoning out from the task at hand. Like there's a voice inside our heads basically, which is, now I don't, now I don't mean obviously like people with schizophrenia or, you know, anything like that, but more so like the little voice that you hear, like when you're making a mental note with something or looking at someone down the street, or if you're looking at yourself in the mirror thinking, oh, you know, I look like this or I look like that today. It's just like them kind of little voices inside our head. But we basically, all of us humans have this internal narrative inside our voice or inside our heads. <coughs> Excuse me. And like we were able to question, like that's the thing about us, like we're able to question our own thoughts. Like I've definitely mentioned this before on one of my, on my other Instagram account. But I read this book, The the Power Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I think I read it maybe two months, two, three months, four months. I don't know. It was a while ago. Anyway, I think it was about maybe three months ago. But, and it discusses uh, the internal narrative. And at the start of the book, he goes into like he, that he's depressed and miserable and he goes, why do I feel like this? And he had a bit of a, bit of a light bulb moment or an epiphany where he came to the realization that the ability to question his thoughts and the ability to question the way he is thinking suggested there's two rather than one inside of your head. Like <clears throat> rather than just being your brain and that's it. Like we also have this consciousness or ability to question your brain and what your thinking mind is doing. But I'm not like trying to jump down this spiritual hall or anything like that, but that's just how the art tackled it. But like, if I get into the science side of it now, like modern science has shown in the narrative and could potentially come from something known as the default mode network. And these re- these regions of the brain, like the default mode network is the regions that are active when we are not focusing on anything such as if we were bored, procrastinating, scrolling through social media, daydreaming, um, like which is essentially the opposite of a flow state. And these regions are called the default mode network because like these become active and it typically gives us a list of information about ourselves. So for instance, it might be worries about other people's judgment, worrying about the future or dwelling on something from the past. Like these are signs of entering this default mode network, which from the sounds of it isn't necessarily a good thing per se, but you don't want to be in the situation as if you want to achieve being in this flow state of letting go to last on. Ugh. Sorry, Jesus. Don't, don't know why. I just feel like I'm really bad cotton mouth or something, even though I like, drank a shit ton of water this morning. But I don't know, maybe it's just an hour. Maybe it's a couple of days of being rusty doing podcasts. But yeah, um, I don't know, I'm kind of going off a tangent now as, you, as, I, as I normally do. But no, it really does tie into how meditation really does tie into how 8% of high performers have this mindful practice. Like, so it's a series of regions in the brain, like the default mode network, when you don't have a particular focus on anything. Like these negatively correlated things known as like task positive brain regions, they like they basically occur when the default mode network is active. And this is the state of your brain or those regions that are active or the opposite of the regions when you are immersed in something. So basically it prevents you from getting inside this flow state. It generally is associated with procrastination, like wandering mind wandering minds, lost in your thoughts, and let's say not associated with things involving productivity. Like the default mode network is less active when you wake up because you haven't had the time to procrastinate or think of what, which is why meditating will assist you in having a so-called Zen morning. Like, 
like I'm not going to go off tangent here again, but I meditate. Um, I try to meditate every single morning, like provided I'm not with someone else or I wake up, you know, doing something. But every morning, if I'm in my own room in, by myself, I will meditate for at least 10 minutes because I think it really does get you into that kind of flow state where you're just really with your breath and really with yourself. And I think it kind of helps you become a bit more productive throughout your day in the morning. Instead of like kind of consuming yourself with emails and social media and just like, you know, worrying about what people might text here, whatever like that. It's just like, you're kind of just so immersed in being in the now and like even like uh, uh, sometimes if i'm like not in work or anything like that or don't have anything on like i'll, I'll meditate and then read because i feel like if you read after you meditate it kind of helps you retain a lot more information like if i like to use the analogy um it's like eating an apple like say i'm gonna say say if i use social media and start reading and then i meditate or if i meditate and start reading it's like eating an apple like say if you eat an apple it's nice and sour or sweet or whatever way people like their apples but like it's really it's really nice like if you eat it straight away but if you eat a lot of sweets which is compared to social media and then eat the apples it's not going to taste as nice you're kind of you're not really getting the full kind of fulfillment of it that's that's the analogy i like to use that's why kind of i like to meditate before i do something i know i have to be productive at or something i need to focus or be in that flow state for because it really does train you to be in that kind of flow state but moving on anyway because i'm going off topic as usual but um okay so i'm going back to this flow state and before i get into meditation in order to get into this flow state you need to be actively focused on a task for a long period of time and the more you get into it the more you'll be likely to immerse yourself in it it's like when you first start reading for example i'll go back to the reading example but it's very very difficult and the longer you do it the more you get into it but the default mode network reactivates the moment you stop paying attention. And if you get distracted by a notification on your phone, start to scroll through social media, you'll enter that default mode network and leave that flow state. So in short, based in summary, essentially, the default mode network is a productivity killer. And meditation is a killer of the default mode network. And the regions in your brain will, with the default mode network, are going to be less active in people who meditate and are potentially potentially um let's have to lost my train of thought again but but you can see that you can change the way your brain operates so you can train your brain to be in a different state and emit different ways and behave differently through meditation like it's not something you can just do or pick up quickly like instantly and expect to get results like it's like it's challenging and does like take a while to train your brain to get into this like flow state so it's like anything like if you it's like you ever hear the term use it or lose it it's like um it's a bit like that so if you stop meditating you're going to lose all the progress you made like it's this is where like this kind of term is practical because if you stop meditating you'll notice that you kind of slip back into all habits of um not being able to concentrate not being able to focus you'll probably won't be one of your mind essentially but from my experience like I, i started meditating once a day in the morning usually and i sometimes do twice a day before i go to bed like it's a part of my daily routine now like i couldn't um it is essential for setting up my day and the only regret i do regret or the only regret i do have about meditating is i didn't start sooner but i think there was a paper i read um 
I forget what it's called. I think it's called something like the Wandering Mind. Is it's like Wandering Mind is a what was it? It's a unhappy mind. Yeah, Wandering Mind is unhappy mind. So when we we're in the default mode at network, we were living in the past or future. Like we got all these things going on and not focusing on the task at hand. And when the default mode network is active, we are not going to be unhappy. But if we enter this flow state and lower the activity in the default mode network, we are going to be be put into these regions of our brain that are more associated with positive things and what we want to do and if you're in a more positive place mentally then you're more likely to succeed and achieve more things in your life and you're going to do better and it's going to further snowball it's going to create a snowball effect of doing well in your life so overall meditation lowers activity in the default mode network and you can cause long-term changes in your brain by meditating which is why we do it like the way I see meditation is it's a, it's a form of heart. It's basically like uh, PEDs or roids to your brain. Like in, if you can change the way your brain and your mind functions through nothing, like through nothing, you can enhance your life. And the fact that this isn't taught at schools or among soci- society is a bit mind boggling to me because it's very, very, very underlooked in my opinion. But it's it performs the hands in the way that you're able to concentrate more. Like it does numerous things for both physiological, like your physical and mental and emotional state, and it helps you become a less reactive person, and so on. Like the, these are many benefits. Like it's been backed by science and real studies, and which is why some people of high performance do some sort of meditative practice. Like it also commonly involves using the breath like the breath is the main focus when you're meditating like it's not really so much about sitting there in a big circle ignoring your thoughts and stopping your mind from thinking like the common misconception for meditation is that you are emptying your mind and it's more so being accepting and observing your thoughts and emotions like you in conclusion observe your thoughts don't judge them and don't try pushing them away or get rid of them like it's impossible to clear your mind like 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 stop like for example think stop for a second like pause this podcast and, and try not to think about anything at all. Just pause right now. Right. I'll give you a few seconds. That, that was quite difficult, wasn't it? Like it was quite difficult. It, it, it is literally so difficult just to completely empty your mind. But what I'm trying to prove here is that if you try to sit there in silence and not think of anything, like your default mode network will fire up because you're, you're untrained basically like you will begin to think in a way where your head is like don't think don't think don't think and then you'll always have this internal narrative wherever it is you'll always find it very very difficult unless you are an enlightened individual or a very experienced meditator to drop this of this clearing your mind kind of jazz or whatever but this is all associated with the default mode or the, the df DFMN, as I was talking about earlier. So what meditation does is it allows you to be aware that you're distracted by your thoughts and allows you to be more focused and helps you get to the state where you can actually observe your thoughts, emotions, or feelings. Like you're able to concentrate more and able to focus on the task at hand and to be more goal oriented and not having all these distractions and other things. And another benefit of meditation, it improves your ability of awareness and attention as it basically conditions your brain. And like every day we are bombarded with things and information such as social media, as these platforms, like as these platforms want your attention, like it's toxic for um, concentration. It's toxic for productivity and like all around, like all around me, there's so many distractions like, and 
like I've, I've books, I've my laptop, I've you know notes really about food, I've just everything like, and then throw social media into the pot. Like we have this constant input, sensory data constantly coming in, which ultimately is the reason why we have short attention spans. Like well, our attention spans are fucked compared to like compared to like people from years ago. We have so many distractions now, and like it's. I think there's a study. I remember being told this before. Um, I think well, was it was back in the day people were able or older people or something like that it was they were able to keep their attention much longer than you know we I think it was like a minute longer like I think it was like 50 seconds or something like that for older people and then it was like for us like this generation of like 20 odd seconds like it's just been it just shows how much like our phone just influences our way of thinking and living but take this for example like say we we were working, we're working on a college project or a work project or whatever it is. And a notification appears on your phone. Then this will probably make you go on your phone and like create a domino effect, which occurs by scrolling through and doing other things, which then activates your default mode network. So in this day and age, we are conditioned to have incredibly shit attention spans and not being able to concentrate on the task at hand. Which is kind of, I know it's not really much to do with annotation, but I personally turn off notifications on my phone if I'm like busy or if I need to concentrate on something. I like to turn off notifications so I'm not grasping to look at my phone. Like I'm not like, oh, someone's text me, I need to go on it straight away. Like I kind of like to turn off notifications so I don't really see anything and kind of just focus on the task at hand. But moving back on to meditation again. So we want to like, so we want to be able to develop or cultivate this ability to get into this flow state and suppress our ability of being this default mode network all the time. And that's where meditation comes into play. Like essentially meditation and mindfulness come in hand in hand. Like mindfulness isn't so much about thinking of other people, but it's more about paying attention in a particular way or being in the present and not judging the way you feel and not judging other people. Like by closing your eyes and taking deep breaths you're concentrating on your thoughts which being the breath and you're more concentrating on some raw sensory data and it doesn't have to be in the breath but it's normally how most meditation starts and focusing on this one thing like in your internal narrative like it'll distract you and it'll try to take your attention away from the breath but you got to realize that and correct it so once you realize you're thinking about something else other than the breath you gently bring the attention back to the breath so another point, which is essentially like what what that is conditioning you to do is that it's demonstrating you how much your brain is taking you away from things. Like this internal or inner narrative or internal narrative is a thing that distracts you and takes you away from that. And by paying attention to your breath and focusing on one thing and you're conditioning yourself to acknowledge the mindful to be like, okay, I got distracted. I got to put myself back to what is concentrated on. And by doing this over and over again, you're getting, you're going to get better at it and you begin to find it easier to concentrate on one single thing. Like the default mode network regions begin to be suppressed and the voice inside your head begins to shut up more often. And eventually you'll be, you'll begin to find yourself focusing on your breath and task and the task at hand even easier, which will then allow you to get into this flow state easier. But it's not instant, for example. Like it's all about doing the 1% better every day, the marginal gains, et cetera, et cetera. But, our internal our internal narrative is always thinking about the future or living in the past and trying to take you away from these things so if we meditate 
And the reason I meditate for me personally is because it enables me to be more focused and enables me to be a, a less emotionally reactive person. It gives me more empathy and it allows me to understand other point of view. It enables me to shift my frame in terms of how I think of things. And you realize that the cup half empty, cup half full mentality. And when you use that analogy, like it, it meditation, it's really trying to get you into that cup half full mentality. But there are studies that show like, just copious amount of benefits would improve your physical self and mental self. It's almost like a yin yang kind of scenario where your physical self leads to a better mental self and a better mental self leads to a better physical self. You know where I'm trying to get out here, but I don't understand. Like, I just, I just don't understand how people wouldn't do if they're aware of these benefits. Like there's, there is, I do understand there's a very gray area between science and spirituality involving meditation. Like the facts and the studies from science back up the brain activity of meditation. Like, Meditation is a productivity view where, as from a spiritual view, it tries to inform us of our consciousness and like the wonders of the universe and all these other things that are like not so widely accepted by science. And I'm gonna know, kind of rambling off, like kind of going off tangent here, but you can you get the point. Like I'm kind of just trying to show you this difference between like the science and spiritual kind of side. Like a lot of people don't really understand the spiritual side of things, which. I'm I'm not I'm gonna make I'm not like a hundred percent understanding of it, but I do kind of get the premise of it. But another thing I never really realized is that the black and white clear science behind meditating, like you don't have to believe all the spiritual side of it, but the science is you know, it's pretty conclusive when it comes to the to the you know, to the benefits of it. But like meditation, it ties in with happiness as meditation helps you be at one with yourself, it helps you experience your thoughts and emotions and not really ruled by them. Like, for example, like we live in the past. Why do we worry about the future? Like, why do we worry about going up and speaking to someone? Why do we worry about, you know, um, chatting up a girl or a lad, like, or getting a number? Like what, like what, how things could possibly go wrong and other things. Like it's because we take our past experiences and the worst things that could or have happened to us. Like our internal narrator takes these things and applies them to the future. And at the end of the day, it's like it's like a preservation mechanism. And there's like also there's another study that has shown that meditators can deal with more physical pain. And there's a study done. I honestly can't remember for the life of me what it was called. But if you look, if you went on Google Scholar or something like that, and you looked up like meditation pain tres- threshold or something like that, you'll, you'll probably find it there. But it's where a scientist got some sort of uh, a heated element. I think it was with experienced meditators and people who didn't meditate at all. And this element got heated up, which caused pain. And the scientists took a reading, at which point the, the people couldn't take it anymore. And the meditators weren't meditating, but more so on a day-to-day stay. And the brain activity was being monitored. And what happened was that meditators were able to take the pain much better, even though they weren't even meditating. Like they weren't, they were able to deal with the pain more, but the pain was was with taken with more clarity, which has shown that the meditators have shown to activate different regions of the brain to handle pain, like brain waves and all that aren't really my expertise, so I won't go too much into it. But in short, like meditators are definitely a lot more resilient, and as meditators are more resilient, someone who's established at it will have more resilience and be able to deal with things better. And we're all going to like go through hardships and tragedies in our life. And you're going to be able to deal with it better and cope with it and overcome adversities. And basically, if I if I wanted to make a suggestion to start meditating, I think you should try Headspace as 
I use Headspace every day or almost every day, and I started halfway. I think it was, I think I started in like June or July last year, some somewhere around that. Anyway, it was late. I was either late June or early July, but there are like there's apps and all that. There's Calm. There's um, what's the other one? I think there's one called Waking Up as well, isn't there? I think, but. Uh, I know Headspace is the most popular one to use. Like I know there is YouTube videos and all as well. I think Headspace will be the one I recommend to start off with as you're like, you're guided and you're learning how to meditate. It's like essentially the building blocks of meditation. It really teaches you the core basics without being too out there with the, the concepts behind it. But I know, I know I've been rambling on as always. So geez, we're what, 24 minutes in. But in summary, I've been rambling on like, so I'll just basically give a quick summary of meditation. Like it's not like it's, basically not about clearing your mind it's it's not about getting rid of things it's simply about observing your thoughts learning not to judge others not to judge yourself um not like just simply observing everything you have like it teaches you to align yourself with a goal and it's noticing when you're distracted by your thoughts and putting them back on track um yeah okay that that's going to be enough random for me today um i'm gonna try upload podcasts twice a week if i can depends on the reception on them i think they're getting pretty good reception at the moment so i'm gonna try keep them up i'm gonna try maybe get guest speakers in um, sometime soon i don't know just kind of just i kind of just started on my own just to kind of get the feel for and how it is but no i'm definitely more than happy to get people in and if any criticisms or you know queries i know you can't really rate podcast spotify but i never really would ask to rate people or follow me or anything like that but if you have any um queries or suggestions that you want me to talk about please let me know and i'll do my best to get into it but yeah uh hope everyone has a good day and i'll talk to you soon